the Monster Television Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. We've got Noel. Hello. Karen. Hello. And we're going to talk about television and how Fox hates me. Why does Fox hate me? <laughs> why Why is it that every time that I like a show, Fox is like, no, you can't have that show anymore? Are you talking about Chicago Code? Which show are you upset about? Well, He's Chicago Code. Like yeah, it's not, it's not a lie to me. Uh, yeah, Chicago Code. I mean, I like Wonder Falls. They canceled that show. Uh, I liked uh, Firefly. They canceled that show. And then uh, I would... Greg I, the Bunny, Fastlane, Keen Eddie, come on. I know, all of these shows I like. And like I would say Arrested Development, but they did give that show three seasons. So um, And Dollhouse, they gave three seasons. Or two, mm-hmm. whatever got. But they, essentially, they, they wait for me to like a show, I think. And they're like, no, we're going to take it away. Um, but to be fair, uh, it didn't get the great, great ratings. But, I mean, Fox axed a lot of shows this week. See, what I want to know is, why did Chicago Code not get a lot of ratings? Like, And I don't mean, I know that the first few episodes were kind of, eh, you know, you, we, we, we've talked about it on this podcast before, mm-hmm. that it took it a while to really get better mm-hmm. and get exciting. But people weren't watching it from day one. So it's one of those where you wonder, what turned people off? Are they done with kind of these cop shows? Because Hawaii 502, I mean, it's fine, but it wasn't a hit like it could have been or probably would have been other years. So are people just tired of that format? Lola's gone, right? I mean, how many... How are the cop shows doing these days? Are they, are they, have we reached saturation point? We reached saturation point a long time ago. But different ones coming out, like, it seems like there has to be something... I mean, this one was about... It was mainly about corruption. I only watched, I only watched the pilot. Mm-hmm. But that seemed to be... That was the continuing thing, right? It was about corruption within the police force and stuff. Okay, that's somewhat different. I mean... Hawaii 5.0 only did as well as it did, I think, because it was a brand name before, and it was a it was a fun reimagining of that series. Blue Bloods is doing okay, isn't it? Because it didn't yeah. get canceled. So Blue Bloods is coasting on Tom Solik and older audiences. Well, that's Which, CBS's mo. So yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they promoted the heck out of Chicago Code. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, they they put a, a ton well, of stuff. That's what I'm saying. People were not interested from the get-go. Just from, like, whatever they had heard, they were not interested. So that's, that's you know, we, we go at this and we try to figure out what's the narrative, right? We try to figure out how to frame it. Fox is the network that breaks your heart. Mm-hmm. Or Fox is the network that takes the most chances, which is why it has the most failures. Or, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that people try to spin it. But I'm really curious, and this is the impossible question to answer, why certain shows just do not get any traction. From, well, what, not, was it, what was the competition? It was... It was Mondays at 9. What was it up against? You would think House Lead-In would be pretty good. So, it had to be up against a really it had to be up against really big hitters. What else was on, what comes on Mondays at 9? So, NBC would be Chuck. Chuck comes on at 8. Oh, Chuck comes on at 8. What comes on after Chuck? Why are we all drawing the blanks? What the hell? Okay, Gossip Girl is on the CW. There's my contribution to this conversation. <laughs> it tape for a little while, but I don't think that would have been a problem. Oh, CBS yeah. is running comedies. See, that's rule. It's rules of engagement, right? Uh, and but then it also had to face off with Dancing with the Stars for a little while too. Okay. So I mean, you're losing to Dancing with the Stars. Yes. That's what it is. Hmm. Yeah. That would be it's, my biggest thing. Is it obviously it was a good show? You guys enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. It all I can think of is just time slot competition. I mean that, and I don't know. Like, I I know that they promoted a lot of that show a lot, but mm-hmm. I think that they promoted it the same way they promote all cop shows. Half hour. 
And um, yeah, nine o'clock. It was, but was it not a nine o'clock show? Maybe it was a ten o'clock show. Maybe on, gritty is later in the evening. It's on Fox. So it was a nine o'clock. Fox doesn't run ten o'clock shows. Oh, you're right. Well, that's but that's you know still to my, still to my point. Yeah, yeah. Does anything else break your heart about Fox's cancellations? Um, breaking in, Bre- breaking in. I liked that <laughs> show so much more than I thought I would. Well, that's just the Christian Slater problem. <laughs> it, yes, that's very true. I mean. So every so often, network TV decides there are certain people that the audience wants, and the audience rejects it repeatedly. I mean, I don't know why. Um, that guy with the curly blonde hair, he kept showing up in a bunch of shows because they just apparently were determined that he was going to be a star. And his show after show after show, this is like the Christina Applegate thing, right? They really want us to want her. But apparently, we might not want her. But I don't know if that's the same problem with Christian Slater because I didn't want my own worst enemy because I uh, didn't want my own uh, worst enemy. That was just a that bad was a show. Terrible show. But Breaking In is funny. I think it's one of the closest things we've had, and of course, it's not on this level, so people don't don't flame me or anything. But it's the closest thing we've had in a long time to Scrubs. That's what that show feels like to I can me. See that. I can see. Yeah, that. I was thinking of it like that other show. Um, what's the one? It's on like USA. Where it has a group of people that are sort of a little bit left of center, meaning left of the law, and they're coming together to achieve some, you know... Are you talking about Leverage? Leverage, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, no, that's on TNT. Also a great show. That's why I like Breaking In, because I love Leverage, and Breaking In is like a... It's a half-hour combination of Scrubs and Leverage. Okay, so that's what I was thinking it was. All right. That works for me. And because if if you want to go back to the Christian Slater quote-unquote problem... He's supporting. He is not a focus on that show. He's yeah. there for some good comic relief and kind of as the weird, quirky mentor to Brett Harrison's character, but he is not the main character of that show. And so I think that solves your possible Christian Slater problem is we're not focusing on him. Mm-hmm. Did the audiences know that? Because I sure thought it was his show. Yeah. How was it sold? Problem. That's true. No, it's, it's, sold. it's sold as an ensemble, but guys, Christian Slater is a part of the ensemble. And the rest of the supporting cast was great, too. Adet Annabelle and yeah. um, Alfonso McCauley. And um, Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum with hair. He's really? ever, ever since he did that one random episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, I've wanted to see him do more comedy. And this is a great vehicle. For, I'm just happy to have him on my television set again I didn't anyway. Know he was on. Yeah. Yep, he was a um he was a recurring for the first couple of episodes and then they bumped him to a regular and he is fantastic. Yeah, he was good. Hilarious on the show. Yeah. So I think the concern that I have is 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 that there's just no patience. When we talk about our one of our favorite shows for everyone but Noel, Parks and Recreation. Mm-hmm. That's a show that started slow. It didn't its tone was a little off, its pacing was definitely not um keeping you interested. It had real issues. And then, or somewhere in season two, it discovered it was an ensemble show. It really took off, and it's been excellent ever since. So they're, they're, most shows, if you trust the writers and the, and the producers, seem to find their way if given time. I kind of, I kind of believe that. Yeah. So with the, with the Christian Slater show, I mean, how many episodes of that even aired before it got canceled? Five or six. Yeah. I mean, that's nothing. No, yeah, it's but not. You, you have to remember that the margin of error on Fox is significantly lower than it is on NBC right now. True. And for I that mean, time slot, that 
post-Idol show, I mean, Breaking yeah. In did not do poorly. It put up good, consistent numbers every week. It just didn't do what they would expect a comedy following American Idol to do. And that's the mm-hmm. issue. Right. And I think that's something to keep in mind is like we're kind of comparing apples and oranges here. When we're comparing Parks and Rec, which frankly, let's be honest, has survived because NBC doesn't have anything. And because it's produced out of NBC Universal. No, he's right. When you when it's your show, when you actually put the money behind it, you stand behind it longer. When it's another networks or studio show, that that is a factor, I believe. All I can say though is that Fox and its you know, affiliate brands have broken my heart too many times this season, with, with canceling Terriers and then canceling uh, Chicago Code. And then, I mean, even shows that, like, I had minor enjoyment of that I didn't even love, like Traffic Light, like, that show was not even that great. And I just would watch it, and they canceled that, too. It's like, you can have nothing. You have nothing but House. You watch House. Hey, man, <laughs> I, I'll, shed, I'll shed a tear for breaking in, but I still have Fringe, so I can't hate it's on true, Fox that much, or they'll take it away from me. <laughs> it's funny is that Chicago Code consistently would put up the, the same numbers as, say, uh, Chuck, or... or would put up better numbers. We'd put up like a 1.7 in, in rating, and then Chuck would like drop down to 1.2, 1.3, and Chuck gets a fifth season, and uh, Chicago Code goes away. Maybe networks are starting to see the importance of those cult hits that they have, because Fringe is still around. Yeah. Chuck is still around. I mean, albeit is, this is the final season, but that, that's okay. That's a good thing. Let Chuck have an actual ending. It's true, I guess. So maybe they're starting to see... Except that Chuck will screw it up. Well, okay, that's that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> well, yeah, weren't you all pretty much? I mean, you liked Chuck, and you were you were ready for it to be done. Oh God, I'm so ready for it to be done. Like I just wanted to. Like I'm tired of being abused by Chuck. Um, I mean, I love. I, you know, I say that I love Chuck, and uh, I don't want other people to pick on Chuck. Chuck's like my little brother that I can pick on, but nobody else can. But. <laughs> um, yeah, I just was ready for it to... I was, I was hoping that the season finale was going to be the series finale and that we just kind of would end it. But, um, and, you know, the only problem I have, like, I, I like the idea of Chuck being able to end on its own and to, and to do it, but I just don't trust the writers enough to end it right. Like, I feel like that they, they're going to get this 13-episode season and they're going to... Say what? My idea is perfect for how they should do their last season. <laughs> uh, what is your idea? Uh, I came up with this great all fan fiction idea where all the villains they've killed off, including Chevy Chase, who apparently may have more time now that he's not part of the main group on Community, <laughs> right. um, that Chuck brings back all its old villains and they join forces to try to destroy Team Bartowski. Nice. Which I love. It I, is a great idea. It's a great idea. But, uh, yeah, I just don't... And I think that's the main problem that I have with Chuck, is that I don't trust the writers. And, like, I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised when they do well, and then I'm, I'm like, that's, that's what I expected when they do terribly. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I just don't... Like, they're going to get this new season, and I'm just afraid that they're going to screw it up. The one that I'm sad about is Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, why are you sad about that? Because I expect it to be such a train wreck, I want to see it. 
Oh my yeah. god, did you get to see the I'm in the same I boat. I wanted to see that pilot. I haven't, I want I haven't that seen pilot. it. I haven't seen it yet, but I, I, I can try and get my hands Wonder on Wonder Woman it. forever, and one of, the, the, one of the lines is that it just, Wonder Woman is so, like, out of date. You know, it's very hard to make it contemporary mm-hmm. um, from a gender perspective, and so it's that they were really, that it got as far as actually making a pilot and everything. If that doesn't get secretly released on, on the web, I'm going to be really disappointed. The pi- I mean, the pilot will have to exist. There will be copies floating around. Mm-hmm. If I can get my hands on one, I will make copies and send them Thank to you, you guys. <laughs> I yeah. want to see it. I mean, I want to see it too. You're right. It's going to be a train wreck. The script was terrible. They had problems from the get-go. It cost way too much. Um... I, I'm very glad that it didn't go. I was very worried we were actually going to have to watch it, that they were going to waste a time well, slot for it to at least start, and then they'd be screwed from the beginning because three episodes later they'd have to cancel it and replace it, and it would have just been a huge mess. So I'm glad well, for I mean, NBC that, that they went against it. So we've got one 70s wonder here. Charlie's Angels with the It's club. good. Charlie's Angels is? Yes, it's good. How is it good? Really? It I is, mean, because it did something... That Hawaii Five-0 could not, according to some people, is that it maintained the feel of the original as a remake. It's a great, it's a great modernization of it, but it feels, with a lot of their transitions and their somewhat campy, but for the sake of doing it, dialogue, it feels a lot like the original. Fun. It, it was. It was fun. I'm, I'm definitely going to tune in. Like, I mean, I will be there for Charlie's Angels, as absurd as it is. Minka <laughs> Kelly, etc. I will be there. I love Minka Kelly, oh, God. and I've never even yeah. seen Friday Night Lights. This is solely based on Parenthood, but she's like good. That. And that Australian girl from those Transformers abominations, she's good too. And that other one is good too. So <laughs> Who's the other one? I don't know her name, uh, but it is. It's it's fun. I can't believe that you repeated the entire cast of Breaking In, but you can't remember the three Charlie's Angels. No, like one of them, she's a very um, exotic name, the African-American. Rachel, Rachel Taylor. Taylor. Rachel is Taylor, the mm-hmm. yes. And then what's the other one? Pronounce it, I dare you. I got it right now. Oh, no, I don't have it right now. Where'd she go? She does have it. She's just trying to figure out how to say it. It's right. that okay. difficult. Uh... Well, they're not in order. I expected the three to be there. Robert Wagner is the voice of Charlie. Uh-huh. Annie Ilanze is Kate Prince. Yeah, there so. you go. Uh, but it, it's, so it, it's fun. Luckily, I, I've been privy to see just so far a few of the pilots that have gone, and Charlie's Angels has so far been my favorite. I really liked the script, too, so I'm glad that it translated well. It's fun. Yay! All right, see, there's a show that's going to be fun. I, I'll, I'll be honest with them. I, I followed some of the cancellation stuff just because it really was. That, that was one of those days that being on Twitter was a good time. Yep. Because it was just every 15 minutes, something else was getting destroyed and people were, there was an outcry. It was, it was a fun almost day. everything. I mean, I bet that was the first time Human Target has ever trended on Twitter worldwide <laughs> before. <laughs> only because it was canceled. Those seven people were really upset about it. <laughs> really, really mad. Anyway, so they kept wow. they kept anything that was created by Matt Green or Seth MacFarlane. Did you read Seppenwell on the Fox Bloodbath? I, I didn't read the article, no. So I, this is one that I really appreciated because he, as far as he's concerned, Fox takes the most chances. This is what I referred to earlier. Fox yeah. is willing to do all kinds of different types of programs. And that even though that it often doesn't work out for them, that they are at least willing to try, and they have been consistently trying. So when we get all upset with them, 
you know, the, this is the, you should just be happy the show's got on the air at all kind of thing. Right. But that, I'm intrigued by the notion that it's Fox that's willing to accept a lot of different kinds of programming that are willing to work with people like Whedon that have had trouble in the past getting the big audiences, but that create interesting series. Mm-hmm. You know, Sean Ryan, they've got twice in there. I mean, it didn't work out, but, you know, they're, they're willing to work with certain people and let them, and they, maybe they let them create, um, at least for a little bit. But I'd rather have them let them create and cancel them and then have them let them create, mess with it like crazy, like with Dollhouse, and then have it die, mangled. You know, I respect Fox for picking up these series. I just wish that uh, I wouldn't love them so much and then have them taken away from me. Well, I didn't love the Chicago Code. I liked the Chicago Code, and I began to admire it more and more. I certainly think it deserved another season. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think we deserved to see where that show was going to go. Because yeah. so. now we've got two episodes left, and I, I don't know if they're going to be able to take down Alderman Gibbons in two episodes. They wanted to. Alderman Gibbons was like the best part of the show. So. <laughs> <laughs> it, what's funny, though, is that Fox and NBC have been the first to really put forward their schedules and their cancellations and stuff like that. And it's totally a tale of two different development slates. I mean, you can tell that Fox really must believe in what they're developing right now because they canceled like almost all of their programming for it. And then, I totally hear you, yes. And then, I agree. Yeah, and then NBC, you know, they kept just about everything else. And they, you know, I, I think they just don't believe in as much of their development as Fox believes in theirs. That's exactly well, what their schedule looks like because a lot of their bigger pickups this year, they're holding. Yeah. Like, I'm really surprised that Smash is going to be mid-season. I'm surprised they're holding on to 30 Rock to replace whichever one of their new comedies they believe is going to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It doesn't show a lot of faith. Well, all. to be fair with 30 Rock, I mean, they're having to hold back because of Tina Fey's pregnancy. Right. So yeah, that's true. That's where that's coming from, more than anything. So what is Whitney about? Does anyone know? So, it's a romantic sitcom. That's all that it says. Which is NBC's trend, apparently, this year is female, quote-unquote, comedians who have their shows now and are going to be telling their, quote-unquote, comedic tales with Whitney Cumming and uh, Chelsea Handler's Abomination of a show. <laughs> so what? What? What network is Chelsea Handler going to be on? NBC. How in the world is she going to do network TV? She she can't. It's going to be a watered down version of unfunny material. Yeah. I mean, the only reason she works is because of all the sex and alcohol, right. right? I mean, isn't that kind of her shtick? Yes. And yeah, I don't know. That maybe that'll be their risque comedy. Their new outsourced. Or maybe that's why it's mid-season. Maybe they want it because it's a name and she's popular, but they have to do some retooling. They have to think, okay, how are we going to keep her tone, her comedy, on our network? Right. All I'm finding on Whitney right now is Untitled Whitney Cummings Project, as it's listed on IMDb. Yeah, so. that's, <laughs> that's the one. Nobody seems to know what the hell it is. So what about the Ashton Kutcher news? Oh, um, yeah. Two and a half men. Um, you know, I think, you know, I've only seen a couple episodes of Two and a Half Men. And uh, I think that it might it might work out. I don't know. I mean, I figured... I that thought that, it was smart as hell. Yeah, I think it would work out. Like, I, um, I think that he will fit into that role very well. I mean, as long as they write him in properly, I think that he'll, um, he'll do a decent job. Yeah, I'm most interested to see how he'll relate, like how they're going to bring him in story-wise, how he's going to relate to um, John Cryer's character. Yeah. And they're reworking it, right? It's going to be... 
a somewhat different premise. Will it still be a brother, or what will it be? Don't know. They just said that they are. He's not replacing. Isn't Charlie Sheen's character on the show named Charlie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, he's not. He's not just. They're not replacing the actor for Charlie. Like Char- They're writing Charlie out of the story and adding a brand new character for Ashton to play. Okay. Well, I th- you know Ashton Kutcher is he's he's pretty well known. He's a pretty savvy producer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got so more followers on Twitter than CNN. I mean, I thought the Hugh Grant thing that initially came out was was super funny, but uh, <laughs> but I, th- I think this is a smart way to go. I, I you know America might be interested. We'll see. I mean, I don't watch the show, so what the hell do I know? But. Yeah, uh, I mean, we just have to hope that it doesn't turn out to be like a second Becky situation where everybody kind of hates him. Yeah, I think that I think that he can fit into that show. I, th- I don't have a problem with that. This will That's determine coming. if this will determine if Charlie Sheen is correct or not. If this show doesn't do as well without him, then yes, Charlie Sheen was the reason that people were tuning into that show. So I want to see what happens to get Charlie Sheen's reaction out of it. Are people really tuning into the show for Charlie Sheen. Apparently, I mean, we, you have to remember. We have to remember what the landscape was like before he went. This insane. Right. So, yeah, I would imagine that people at one time did, re- you know, before all of this winning crap started happening, yeah. that <laughs> everyone, you know, people did like him on that show. He and remember, like, there was, that, there was that poll that came out that showed him as one of the most popular actors right now on television. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, like, up there along with, like, Mark Harmon from NCIS. So, Ooh, Gibbs. I'm, yeah, so I'm 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 thinking it's a safe bet to say that people were turning tuning in for two and a half minutes for Charlie Sheen. But I bet like, the numbers can still be good because I bet a lot of people who never watched the show are going to be tuning in at least for a little while now to see yeah. the change, to see what's going on now in light of all of this stuff that's been going on. Because I know I'm going to start DVRing and possibly on board Sunday evenings between five and seven thirty, watching the new episodes of Two and a Half Men. So. We'll see how it goes. Hmm. So any other news in the world of cancellations and new ship programs? Shit my dad says got canceled. Oh, thank oh I thought they just got rid of the kid. Yeah, I thought they were going to retool it. They just flat out canceled they it now? Canceled it. I, I saw that it was dead. Yeah. Well, that one lasted way longer than anyone thought it would, should. True. So. I think that's it. ABC hasn't announced anything for its new season, right? Yeah, we haven't heard any other. But I mean, we'll get a lot more of this this week as they actually have their meetings and whatnot. They're, they're uh, not schedule wise, but they've talked about a couple of the new things. They're picking up Once Upon a Time, mm-hmm. um, which is the yeah. Um, ABC's got that uh, Good Christian Bells, which was Good Christian Bitches. Oh right. right, right. They've got Charlie's Angels, Once Upon a Time, Pan Am, Revenge. Scandal and the river. What's the river? I have no idea. Uh, the river is a documentary-style show about this group of explorers who is going to search for a long-missing, like famous scientist down some. I, I believe it's the Amazon. Um, it's kind of like a documentary-style lost. I already hate it. Yeah, I was going to say, Noel's your favorite documentary style, right? Yeah. It's, that's what it was. Uh, the script wasn't terrible. We'll see how it does. Uh, they were already talking about it, maybe holding it till mid-season, weren't they? I read that somewhere. Hmm. Balls. And they also picked up that Tim Allen show, Last Man Standing. Why do I not care about that? Yeah. Tim Allen on television again. 
Mm. Hopefully it'll be better than Tim Allen in movies again, because what was the last good <laughs> movie that he made? Hey, Santa Claus 3 was freaking amazing. That was because of Elizabeth Mitchell. And you know it. <laughs> oh, V was canceled, so maybe they can get Elizabeth Mitchell a real show now. Maybe they can get all of those actors real shows now. That cast was too good to be wasted on such a terribly, terribly written show. All of them. Who else was on that show? Morena Bacharin, Joel Gretsch, Morris Chestnut. Oh, Morris All Chestnut. of them could be doing far better things. I just, the v, I, I really liked V in the beginning. It didn't, it didn't know what to do. And man, the finale, the first season finale was good. Second season finale, not so much. But it mm. was just one of the biggest wastes of a good ensemble cast. No, 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 and now it's too late. It's too late for any of them to go out for anything this year. So, you know, they might do a movie or two in the next year or whatever, maybe. But there's there's nothing. They, they, it's too late for them to have gone out for anything. So hey, let's get Juliet and Sawyer back together and create a new show mid-season. Please, <laughs> do it. Any concept. Just put the two of them back on television together. I think it's time that we do the uh, we, we put the uh, the Jen and Sawyer spinoff series. The cop show, the cop yes. Show. And Elizabeth, and Elizabeth Mitchell. She can play a doctor. <laughs> the, she can play a doctor that uh, Josh Holloway's character is very much interested in. Lots of, you know, sexual innuendo. Yeah. But she's not having it because she's too much of a classy lady for Josh Holloway. But she really <laughs> pines after him anyway. And it's just like, it's writing itself. I hope someone is listening to this. And, and Look, Sawyer is going out with Charlotte, too. Why don't you write it? I will, damn it. I will write it. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to write that Lost spin-off show starring Josh Holloway, Elizabeth Mitchell, and uh, Ken Lung. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Uh, so I think so. We've gone through all the networks. Ah, uh, uh, no ordinary family's gone. Yay! Yeah. We don't have to, don't have to worry <laughs> about that anymore. About, like I like oh, I have been worrying about that since January. Yeah, I know. I haven't watched it since then either. But <laughs> but it was one of those things where if it did get renewed, I have to be like, oh damn it! I'm gonna have to catch oh, up catch now up. Yeah. to watch it for next season. But we don't have to worry about it. Yeah. So whereas yeah. we're we're very sad about a lot of Fox's cancellations, I am cheering for the stuff that ABC got rid of this year. <laughs> ah, huh. interesting. Re- Two interesting renewals that are conflicting with each other. Happy Endings got renewed, which is kind that's of surprising. Right. But I do, I've, the, I haven't seen it. I want to check it the out. the only one that survived, right? So Perfect Couples is gone. Traffic Light is gone. Happy Endings is the one that's actually survived. Yeah, it's yep. the only one that stood. Now, In the what's interesting, yes, what's interesting about it is Damon Wayans Jr. is a part of that, right. is a part of that show. He's also a part of The New Girl, that Zoe Deschanel comedy that got picked up. Uh, by Fox, but he's in second position for that, so they're going to have to recast him before they can air the new girl. Since Happy Endings got picked up now, yeah, yeah. So, David Wayans Jr., a hot commodity. Apparently, he is. I apparently, he is. I didn't even know he was acting until uh, Happy Endings. I didn't know until um, he was in the other guys. Oh, and I was like, who's that black guy that's Rob Riggle's partner? And it's Damon Wayans Jr. And I was that's like, right. I didn't know he was a person. That's right. But now he's got two sitcoms that are going. And I had no idea he existed. No. What's sad is that uh, he's got two sitcoms going. Damon Wayans Sr. Not being able to find it, but like, he's hoping that his probably like, gets picked up still. Yep. Sad. Tragic. Divisive in the family, maybe. It is, maybe. But, you know, move aside, make room for the next generation of right. Waynes. Oh so, my god, what if there were a next generation of them? What if there are more of them? 
Hey, Parenthood got a pickup, right? Yeah, it yeah, did. Yeah. Really excited about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, NBC's got nothing, so... Really. That's true. That was a... That was a... We like this cast, and we don't have anything else to play anyway, right. so... You have to... Yeah, we don't know about Nikita yet, right? No, CW's only done some of their shows. I don't think they've done cancellations, have they? They only did renewals. I don't think so. They have only we, done renewals. Yeah, we've yeah. heard their early renewals, yeah. but... Which, it was five... There was, um... America's Next Top Model, Gossip Girl, 90210, Supernatural, and one more. Empire Diaries. There you go. Not Smallville. Smallville ended, and it ended perfectly. So, yeah. cool with it. Yeah. Cool I, with I it. heard the John Williams score for Smallville. Oh, was, it, was, it was used brilliantly. Yeah. It was perfect. Right was on. Lex's visit uh, worthwhile? Whose visit? Lex. Oh, my God, yes. They... Uh, it was so good to see... And it wasn't just... To have him back for Clark, he actually had a great ending scene with um, with Cassidy Freeman to kind of wrap up some of the Luther storyline throughout the show. Um, mm-hmm. And the be- probably the be- the best part about the entire show was they um, they flash forward seven years into the future in the end, and uh, Jimmy and Lois are walking through the Daily Planet, talking, blah blah blah. Look at us. And on the television, they're showing Lex Luther in his white suit talking about his election for president. Oh, that was awesome. funny. the best Easter egg in the entire thing is him winning the presidency in 2018. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. But no, he, it was great coming back. They really hit on the entire point of their relationship, not only in the show, but on the larger scale of Superman mythology, that Lex Luthor and Superman are there. It's just this terrible cycle of, trying, of Lex trying to one-up Superman, trying to be the best person that he can be, although misguided, but never being able to be as good as Clark. He'll never be able to be that person. And that's why he's going to continue to test him, to make him earn it. And Clark is always going to be there to stop him. And the cycle that these two will never be able to get out of. Mm -hmm. And how it's a much better, I think, and I'm not even a Superman, I'm a Smallville fan. I don't like Superman that much. But with this show and the mythology, talking about how Lex exists because of Clark. I think it's a much better villain and hero um, symbiosis than even Batman and the Joker have. Wow. So I, I loved it. I, like, I, I'm going to go home and watch it again like tonight. Two hours, right? Yeah, two yeah. hours. Mm. Very worth it. It, it, um, I mean, it was very coherent, but for the most part, a lot of the first hour was going through the Clark and Lois relationship and um, bringing back a lot of stuff about his parents. And then mm-hmm. it was the dark side and Lex stuff for the second hour, but um, oh, it was it was amazing. It was great. It was everything I wanted the finale to be. Oh, that's so nice. It's so nice when that happens. Yeah, that hardly ever happens. Yeah. You know, even when a show, you know, I mean, let's 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 bring up Lost. It. I. <laughs> I the only thing I can ever say about it is I like what I got, but it wasn't what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And Smallville was able to one up Lost in that. But yeah, the, the Smallville finale was fantastic, and I am very excited to drop the MSRP $350 on the complete series when it comes out this fall. Oh, and speaking of the, the CW and Buffy, Sarah oh, Michelle yeah. Taylor is headed back to the CW. Headed back to the CW. Wish I wonder how she feels about that. Yeah. Um, it'll. That's a very interesting pickup for them, and I feel like that's the main reason why they did it, was they were like, hey, WB fans, check it out, Buffy's back on our network now, because the show doesn't feel like a CW show. But then again, neither did Nikita to me, mm-hmm. but it's working there. 
kind of. Well, and she's more likely to last longer there than she would have on the, the CBS where she thought she was going to go. What's, yeah. What's the show that she's going to be on? Uh, it's called The Ringer. Isn't that right? Isn't that what hers is? There are so many The Someones. There's The Finder. There's The Ringer. There are all of these The Noun shows. I believe hers is The Ringer. But yeah, it's uh, isn't she like a doctor or something? Or Yeah, Ringer. Yeah, ringer. ringer. Yeah, she's a pair. Of, she plays twins. Um, one of them is a doctor and one of them gets tied up into some shady business she's on the somewhere. run from the mob. Yeah. yeah, there it is. And, you know, she gets wrapped up into it because she looks like her sister. So Speaking of Lost, Nestor Carbonell is on this yep. show. Very excited about that. A lot of Lost people um, getting shows this year. Nestor Carbonell's got uh, The Ringer and Michael Emerson on Persons of Interest got picked up by CBS. Mm-hmm. Yay! So it'll be great to see him on TV again. The uh, Jorge Garcia on Alcatraz that oh, Fox right. picked up. Yeah. And I'm hearing rumblings that that program is troubled. Is that troubled? I don't want that to be troubled. I heard it was one of their favorite, that it was one of their favorites. Okay. I'm expecting, now with this cancellation, I'm expecting that to take Chicago Code's place. I think they're going to pair House and Alcatraz, which will be interesting. It'll also be good for me because I can just watch Fox throughout the night. But (laughs) uh, I hear, I've been hearing that it is, it's been one of their favorites. Okay, good. We'll see. I mean, in the, in in recent years, with and especially now with like the event being canceled and stuff, those long-running serial weird mystery shows, we'll see if if another one can catch on now. But if I were to have faith in anyone doing it, it would be Bad Robot. So I want to ask Matt about Gossip Girl to talk about a show that's actually on the air. Oh man, was this week not? It, this season has this has been this is now solidified as the best season. I think it's now better than season one. With the first really? half, yes, with the first half, um, with the first half arc with all of the Juliet and Ben stuff, and it's then true. now with the second half of the season focusing on Blair instead of Serena and all of her um, her love interest. At first, when the prince came back, I was really nervous. I was like, why are they throwing this in here? But it's been great. They've dealt with the dare situation while unsatisfactory because I want them to be together, but they've dealt with it well. Um, Chuck's decline and rise again this season. I did not see Jack, Nate, and Chuck working together. Um, well, I'll tell you what. When when Nate said to him, you know, you better go with the guy, better go with those men. It's the only way, or whatever. I was like, that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. That there's no way. And so when they did the reveal, I was like, okay, well, at least that makes sense for Nate's character. I know he's not, like a basically a nothing character, but that pushed me too far. But luckily, it was all part of a trick. And I really like Jack and Chuck chatting. Like, yes, their um their last scene at the end of the episode where they come to as much of an understanding as those two characters can come to together. It was a great scene. Yeah, it was a great scene. Who knew? Keep it in the family, people. Yep. So there was there are definitely some strong moments, and following the Blair arc does seem to be working. And I, I mean, I'm I'm liking the Prince. This is so weird. But. Yeah, yeah, I I am I am liking him. It's I can see reasons of why she should be with all three of them. Yeah, Blair works with everyone. What is the deal? I hate Serena with every single person. She ruins every character she comes in touch with. But Blair seems to make everyone kind of livable. Yeah. And, and then there's Charlie. Whatever. That's such a waste of a character. It. What, I, I hated her because they were setting... And we've been talking about this since she's appeared. She's just Vanessa 2.0, essentially. But well, she's practically crazy. the easy level of badness here. Yeah. And yes, she has been. But it, it's the fact that she's insane. She dumped her pills. 
Rufus found them because she was an idiot and dumped them in the garbage can. Everyone knows you flush them down the toilet, Charlie. <laughs> and when her and Dan are about to hook up in the office and she says, call me Serena, I like, I, I had to, I had to pause. I had to go, oh my God, I can't believe, like, what are they going to do with this character now? Because she's been upgraded. In season five, she's a regular. So what the no. hell are they really? going to do? Yeah. What the hell are they going to do with her? After oh. now, Dan knows she's crazy. Rufus knows she's off her meds. What's what are they going to do with her? Well, the point of having her off her meds is it gives him an easy excuse to have Serena forgive her. But that's, seeing that, and now that I know she's gonna be a regular character, I, I, I honestly I heard the "Call Me Serena" line, but it was only on accident because I was busily fast forwarding through every scene that she was in. <laughs> I watched Gospel Girl so fast. Okay, I mean, okay. it's just been amazing. Also. You say it's the best season. It's the best season if you subtract everything that is Serena-related. But you can say that about every season. Yes, you definitely could. <laughs> and there have been worse Serena storylines. There have been, yes. Yes. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're so pleased. But, I, I, you know, she's going to end up with Chuck. He's going to save her next week, and it, the prince is going to feel bad, and he's going to leave town. And of course. It's gonna and... Yeah. Uh, in, in the end, it's it's... It's a little predictable where it's going to go, but I'm enjoying the journey of getting there. But there's an actual serious issue going on here, which is what I like. I like that Blair is very nervous that when she's with Chuck, she's a bad person. Mm -hmm. And that bothers her. I like that it bothers her. It never bothers Serena to be a bad person. No. She wants and, to be and, with and, who she and, wants to be with, and it doesn't matter what the, you know... The yeah, the problem of putting her back with Chuck so fast is that it doesn't. it drops that whole bit. Yeah. So I actually kind of like, I mean, I'm not expecting Gossip Girl to be all that much, but they are putting that stuff in there, and I like that Blair has to worry about that. That's good. Mm-hmm. So. And now that where we left off, where, where the finale is supposed to pick up with uh, Russell Thorpe cornering her uh, on the roof of that building and probably going to attempt to kill her in some way before the Yeah, what, what a way to ruin an actual, like, interesting businessman. Yeah, but at this point, I mean, he he's done, and he knows he is. So well, he's going to try and take Chuck down with that? him. I want, I want Lily to have a real rival. I actually like Lily. I'd like her to have a storyline that isn't where the kids kind of show her up or what have you. She and Russell Thorpe could have had an attraction. They could have but they did, didn't attraction. they talk about that earlier, that they had, they had a little thing before? Yeah, briefly. Apparently she dated him or something. Yeah, yeah. Way back when. Because who but, did like, Lily Give her an adult then? to play off of who's not stupid Rufus. Maybe they will. Is she pregnant again? Because she's been missing from the last couple of episodes. Yeah, Where I don't is know. she? I can't imagine she's pregnant unless she has a new boyfriend because that whole ugly thing where she was pregnant before and he, the baby was still inside her body and the guy was trying to take it from her. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, if I was her, I wouldn't go near a man for a long time after <laughs> that situation, but that may just be me. Yeah, it would be nice to have her get some story outside of Rufus because it seems like they're trying. They're I hope they continue with this next year. Now Rufus becoming a producer. I really liked that he was like getting back into his music roots in a way that he can now after being out of the game for so long. And I hope that they really continue to do something with that for him next year because you're right. For the two of them being series regulars, they only ever have anything to do in reference to the kids, which makes sense because they're the focal points of the show. But still, I would like for Rufus and Lily to you know have something else to do. Yeah. Mainly because I'm tired of them and their horrible parenting skills, so I want to see them outside of that. Indeed. 
And let's see Lily and Chuck, you know, join up and try and take over, like, Comcast or something. You know, yeah. just, like, <laughs> get a corporation. <laughs> and then, did it when I'm, anybody else watch The Killing? Game of Thrones? I've given, I watched Game of Thrones. I've, the killing I is. I'm, I've given up on the killing now. Really? Yeah. It's wow. just I, I got a little behind, and I'm not invested enough to catch up. So huh. I haven't completely given up. If after this this summer, after I watch The Good Wife, after I catch up on The Good Wife, if if I feel up to it, I'll catch up on the killing. But I, I've dropped it for now. Mm. Sundays like are too full, man. I'm even considering dropping Game of, Game of Thrones. Because oh. I like it. I, I, part of the problem is I'm watching it at the same time I'm watching Camelot, and I actually really like Camelot. And Game of Thrones just hasn't hooked me the same way. So if I need to drop something for time's sake, I think that's what it would be. I'm enjoying it, I am, but... See, you should watch Game of Thrones like I watch Game of Thrones, where I fast-forward to Pierre Dinklage and, and <laughs> the Arya segments. Fair enough. And but then, then I'd be even more confused than I am. I, excuse me, I found a friend of mine sent me a great... And I'll send it to you guys. Fantastic infographic of the houses in Game of Thrones and how everyone is con- it's it's only spoilers through like episode two um, how everyone is connected and everything and I've been studying it on and off and I still don't understand what the hell is going on in the show I still don't know who everyone is and get everything and so that's part of it too is I'm so confused that it's easier to just dismiss it um, well Game of Thrones the main problem I have with it is that it's on HBO and. Therefore, that means a whole bunch of annoying people like to talk about how wonderful Game of Thrones is. Yeah, just... yeah it's true. It, I, I think it's it's the premium channel version, to me at least, of Glee when it started. <laughs> right. Everyone loves it. It's the best thing in the world. And if you don't like it, you're stupid. Oh, yeah, I'm desperate for a backlash. That would really help. I know Noel's really into Game of Thrones. Right, Noel? No. <laughs> I actually, no, I side with you 100% in that the Ned and Arya relationship is like the main reason I am still holding on to this show. Oh, and yeah. that's it. it. It's true. No, like, um, this past, last, last week's episode was just incredibly dull, I thought. Um, mainly because there, she wasn't, she was barely in it. I wanted to see her standing on one toe and ca- chasing after Cat. That I would have been fine with that. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I wanted to see her chasing after cats so bad. Yeah, they could have cut out. She the- chases those cats in the in the book, and it's a very long chapter. And she discovers all kinds of things while she's doing it, and really gets in some trouble, but you know, gets out of it. It's really, it's actually. I hope, I hope they do the scene because it's a good scene. They could uh, get rid of uh, Khaleesi or whatever her name is. No, see, I that I. I think I see a lot of potential in Daenerys, and that's why I want to like her, but I think she needs to kill her brother first. And that can't <laughs> happen because, you know, I mean, that's not... Yeah, God, I hate him. Somebody needs to kill him. I hate Duff him. Rocky needs to just stab him in the face. Yeah. No comments. I want to uh, like Daenerys. I see potential in her. Because she's, she's starting to get a little stronger and coming into that Khaleesi role a little bit more. Yeah. So I want to like her. Right. Yeah, there's going to be a death. It's going to be super gruesome. Awesome. So, Great. Assuming they do it. Fantastic. So, uh, people are actually people are going to start dying all over the freaking place. It's That's what get... people keep telling me, too. Everyone Talking about Game of Thrones, everyone's like, well, I hope you don't get attached to any characters too much because everyone's going to die eventually. Well, and... Thank God. That herd needs to be thinned out real fast. It, it really does. I'm interested to see how many characters are dead by the end of the first season. 
I'm excited about it. Like, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Because I think... All right, let's name characters that Nick Campbell likes. Okay. Snow? <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Arya. Mm-hmm. I like... Uh, I like... Um, of course, I like the Imp. He's great. Of course. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, and... Um, Bran. Bran. I like Bran. You're right. I like Bran. Bran's okay. Uh, the, part, the part that does wound me is that Eddard is actually quite wonderful in the book. He really is you know, leading this family. And he's the character that has integrity in a world where nobody has any integrity. So he is an important foil in some ways in the book. And, 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 and a, you know, it's just a strong character. And you just don't get that here for some no, reason. It's very boring. interesting how Eddard is just... No. He's a victim of his circumstances. He doesn't do anything. It's just things keep happening to and around him, and he's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a real shame. And the truth is, um, Cersei needs a real rival, and it's supposed to be Eddard, and we're not seeing that. You know, we actually had a scene between the two of them this last episode, and I don't remember that happening in the book until, like, there's a, there's a scene between the two of them where we actually find out why it's called Game of Thrones, Hmm. Um, and that was my, from my recollection. I thought that was the first time they really have a real conversation in the book, and it's it's one hell of a conversation. So maybe they were trying to like, give him a little something to work against mm-hmm. because she's she's pretty formidable, but she too is a little subdued right now. Uh, Lena Headley is. I, I I kind of expected Cersei to be a little more crazy, a little more. I don't know. She's she's um she's quiet. And that's not exactly how I imagined her. So um, I'll be interested to see where these character, where these actors take these characters. Because right now, it is, it's annoying that they are not the ones that you are excited about. Because you probably should be. Well, the show's not giving us a reason to be excited about any of them. That's the main problem. I mean, no matter like how, however much foreshadowing or however much knowledge going into the characters that you have, I mean, if you don't have any of that knowledge, it's just like, the fuck do I care about these people yeah. for? <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one of the problems with it is that the show feels like a 10-hour advertisement for the book. Hmm. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, do you really want to like these characters? Go read the 800 pages. I'm just having trouble getting invested in the program overall. I mean, this past Sunday episode was just a lot of, oh, here's some really clunky backstory. Oh, you don't remember your lessons. Here's some clunky backstory. <laughs> and it was just really Yeah, there is a lot of that. There's a lot of just um which you know I can appreciate to an extent, but a lot of like explanation of lore and character yeah. which I'm sure will come into play and be important eventually, but it does. It feels like I am a character explaining the lore of this story to you, the audience, so that you understand yeah. what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's very expo speak, and I don't care if you're doing it in a bathtub with a whore, with a whore. It's still not that interesting. Yep. Yeah, yeah I w- kind of wonder structurally if the bouncing back and forth amongst the people is actually problematic. Like, I wonder if they, it would be a stronger show if, like, how the book each chapter focuses on a person's point of view is if each episode focused on a person. So there was the Danny episode oh, where you could take her. And that way you can actually get to Danny doing something by the end of the episode, as opposed to waiting for her to have to make a choice or what have you. And so that way, whatever Brand's journey is, we'd get that all in one episode. You know what I mean? That way we'd actually see action more, which HBO doesn't do action very well. They just, like, thumb their nose at it. They're all about mood. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and aesthetics, which is probably why it partially it annoys me. But structurally, I think there were changes they could have made that would have made this much easier for newbies. And you would feel like at the end of every episode, you'd gotten something. Even with this most recent episode with uh, Danny's sudden backbone that she finds all of a sudden, I'm just like, where the hell did that come from? Her development is being hampered by the fact that there are months between episodes, it seems like, in a lot of ways. So there's these huge narrative gaps that we just have to take on faith, which is, I think, really problematic. From what I understand, those gaps become shorter as the season goes on. But it's a lot of narrative vegetables and a lot of leaps of faiths and filling in those gaps myself, which I'm normally okay with, but here... She just becomes this full-rounded, strong woman in a matter of three episodes, and I don't get to see any of that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing, too. Her and her brother, I was really disappointed this week when they put him in the bathtub with the whore and had, you know, I, I joked about this episode being storytelling hour because everybody does. It takes five minutes to tell a story to whatever character they're with. Mm-hmm. And so he tells this whole story. But the point of the book is that those are the stories he's told Danny from day one. That during their years where they were running, during the years where he did keep her alive, I mean, for all of his faults, he kept that little girl with him. He didn't just leave her. He, he waited to sell her until it was really time, you know. Um, that story should have been between him and Danny, or we should have gotten some sense of what that story means to the two of them so we could develop their relationship. Instead of putting him with a random whore, making him sort of sympathetic in a weird way in that scene, and then having him just kind of slap her or whatever. Mm-hmm. And two... The scene with Danny where she gives him the clothes like the Dothraki, there is so much more that that scene is supposed to do that it didn't do. Because their point is they are building for a break for these two people. Mm-hmm. And that's part of how we see Danny become a person. We see her become a person through her relationship with the Call and through her relationship with the exiled knight and with her brother. And I don't see them hitting those beats, which is what makes that character become someone you admire. Well, I mean, those beats are there. They just keep getting short-circuited either by bad acting or bad writing. Because I think the relationship between the brother and the sister is just kind of meh. The two actors don't really work for me with one another. Whereas I think Danny with the Exiled Knight with Jorah actually really works because that guy seems to get it. The fellow playing Jorah seems to get it. It's true. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder, you're right, the series, is it the, an acting problem, or are they just not giving him the motivation he needs to bring that character to, to you know, and, you know, every, every actor needs some sort of spark. Obviously, yeah. Ari's got it, you know, and the spark can come from what the character's doing, but it's also just a, an actor thing, and so maybe he just doesn't have a spark, at least, at least with the two of them, right? Their chemistry is off. And I think that what... You know, you practically need to see those two as twins to see them as the two halves of the of the problematic family. The the former kings who brought the kingdom together and unified everyone, right down to the crazy king who just killed people for fun. Like we should see those poles in these two people, but we'd also should see that they kind of depend upon each other in a pretty unique way. Which makes everything have more resonance as their relationship just falls apart in these episodes. Right. So somehow the resonance that's supposed to be there isn't there. I agree with Yeah, no, I mean, it's very clear, even from the very first episode, that their relationship is doomed, and we're just waiting for it to happen. And you also don't get a sense of how she gradually takes over his... that, That story he tells, 
What would have been better is if she had been the one telling the story. If she'd made it her narrative. If we'd known that her brother used to tell it to her and it became her story. And maybe they'll do that at some point where we see her tell the same story. But she becomes the dragon. You know, she takes over. Yeah. Her brother pretends to be something and she becomes it. This is the, this, I haven't seen the whole arc here for Danny, of course. But this is what I'm obviously anticipating. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, they aren't. They aren't making her the character you root for like you are for Arya already. Arya we've seen like four times. And, <laughs> and everybody wants her just to go kill everyone. You know, yeah. believe she... Yeah. Hmm. And she could. I mean, there's a one great scene with her in the last week's episode where she Ned's telling her, oh, you're going to be a princess one day or a queen and you'll have sons. And she's just like, hell no. Mm-hmm. That was That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> That's not me. I mean, it's one of those little bits where... They're giving her significantly more character meat, which is really bizarre to me. That they're giving her a lot of narrative oomph. And, I mean, I don't know how much of a larger role she plays going on, of course. But, I mean, when when a lot of your narrative interest, I think, is being located around the 12-year-old girl (laughs) on an HBO show... (laughs) Yeah. There's something there's something structurally wrong there when the rest of your adult characters just aren't clicking as well. But HBO Except shows are always tricky. They always deliver in the end. You know, every time I've given up on one, it's always come together. You know, that damn Boardwalk Empire, which I am going to hold firm to, that show was not good the first six episodes. It wasn't good it wasn't the second terrible. six either. Well, it got better. Uh, it got much better, actually, I think. Much better. But... I still didn't really look forward to it, and yet everybody was freaking out about this stupid show, and it got all these awards. And so HBO just kind of forced me. I have to stick with them so I can see where they, how they get there, at least to understand when people say it's so wonderful, how I disagree with it, you know? Because they sure will. It's the opposite problem that Showtime has. It's like they'll have a show, and I don't really want to get into it, and then I do watch it, and it is better than I thought. Um, I was very, very pleased with how The Office did without Steve Carell. Yeah, they're, they're decent. I really enjoyed this. Without Steve Carell and without some guest star. Uh-huh. Looking at what the show is going to be like, this was the this is a, a glimpse at what the show is going to be like next year, and I'm very okay with it. Yeah, The Office, this is, I mean, obviously Dwight running the, the show is, a, is a, uh, like a trump card that they've been waiting to play since, sure. the, since the last time that he almost took over. Not, not that it's my favorite episode of the series or anything like that, but it was a very good episode with the original ensemble. Yeah. Or, you know, it was like, solid. Dwight Takeover was actually funny when it could have been completely obnoxious. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of enjoying the little guy from Saber totally losing his shit over Aaron. That's kind of funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that they gave Zach Woods a little bit more than he normally gets in this episode. Yeah. yeah, Gabe went totally creepy in these last few episodes. It's mm-hmm. been so amusing, um, and it's been amusing. You know, I, you know, I, I, I'm going there with it. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and Jim too. I, I, I like Jim. Got some wonderful reaction shots, and yep. so this, yeah, I, I definitely. This was an enjoyable episode of The Office, and I, you know, we're going to have a whole bunch of stars coming in and doing their cameos, and there's going to be love for Spader and ridiculousness with Jim Carrey and whatever. Distractions. I was pleased to see that these actors just interacting um, held the show up pretty well. Yes. Yeah, you're right. The, the guest stars are just distractions. Like, let's get. I'm. I'm gonna keep watching, of course, but I'm. It's, it, it annoys me in a way. I just want to get through this season of The Office and get to next year. I don't really care about all of these people coming in for the sake of 
having a bunch of awesome guest stars on. Yeah, as much as I like Will Arnett and a lot of the other people coming, it's, I just don't really care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Yeah. Well, because we kind of need to see what the end result's going to be. Let's see the chemistry. That's, that's the important thing. Again, ensemble, how you play off the other people and let their characters shine or not. It's right. kind of crucial for this show. Yeah. Also on Thursday night, obviously Community had their finale. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I mean, as a person that's not a big Star Wars fan, like, I, I'm, I mean, I, I got a lot of the jokes or whatever. I kind of wish they would have stuck with the Western theme, though. I was surprised yep. that they didn't. Yeah, because, like, um, like Noel said, it felt like too complete. Like, I'm surprised it was an hour to begin with because it felt like two very different episodes only connected by paintball. Right. Yeah, I was only okay with it. I, I had someone try to tell me that community season was better than Parks and Rec season, and I just had to be like, I can't, we can't be friends anymore. I are, I just, I mean, you really like they, this person thought that you know, episode by episode, community is always consistently good or something like this. I'm like, no, community when it hits it out of the park, community gets grand slams, uh-huh. but every other time it maybe gets a baseline single. Mm-hmm. In I don't understand what you just said, Karen. Karen, I enjoy your sports references. Yes, they are appreciated on this end, Karen. Thanks. Well, I don't actually watch sports, but sometimes those metaphors come in handy, Noel, so you should at least get the metaphor part. But you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's just inconsistent. And I always admire its moxie, um, but I think that sometimes community forgets what it is. It forgets what its strengths are. Mm-hmm. And the minute it goes off the rails in that way, I kind of begin to wonder why I watch it. You know, where at least Parks and Rec knows very securely what it is. I mean, it's a show about heart. We like these characters. Um, they like each other and respect each other in the end, always. And community doesn't know... Community sort of thinks it's about characters, but at the same time, it, it's very happy to completely unpack everything that's worthwhile about its people. Like, I, mean, I think they, they just destroyed Pierce episode by episode throughout this season. I was not like Noel. I did not think they redeemed the character in the last 30 seconds. I think they still ruined him and then just threw him out to the pasture and said, all right, we, I guess we can't do anything else with Pierce. They, they aren't doing a very good job of developing their characters consistently across episodes. No, I agree. Um, I'm not entirely... Con- I mean, we, we've talked about this before where... Um, we talked about this last time we recorded when we... The, the stakes for the characters just aren't clear mm-hmm. in a show that occasionally gives them stakes, which is the problem with the show, is that they seem to care about their characters enough to give them moments like um, Certified Mixicology, of course. Or even to a certain degree, the growth involved um, in Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. But they're not willing to commit to developing those ideas enough to make them interesting. So, like, Chang, Chang's whole arc this season, even if we want to talk about Chang having an arc, was going from destroying the study group, which never seemed to ever materialize, to wanting to be a better father, or a father in general just never materializes either. There's hints at it, but then they just short-circuit it immediately by having the baby be Andres which is less interesting narratively. And the yeah. show's even aware of that. So, I mean, when Troy tells Shirley to forget about her child and focus on the people who really need her, it does kind of tell us how the show has felt about Shirley in general this season, which has been nothing. Well, and, and I... Yeah, I guess... 
Shirley has certainly gotten short shrift, and even though they give her kind of a glorious moment here, it's not motivated. It doesn't take the character anywhere new. Uh-huh. You know, I don't. The show doesn't necessarily move forward, and it would be okay if the show never wanted to move forward because there are plenty of sitcoms that just deal with stock characters, and you put them in funny situations, and they're funny, and that is perfectly fine. But you're right, Community has pretensions of being more, and they don't seem to be able to deliver that as consistently, which is a shame for the characters. <laughs> Shame for the actors, and um, but I, you know, I, and, and just sometimes it's not very funny. This is <laughs> this is another kind of like basic flaw, is that it, I don't find it as consistently amusing as a sitcom probably should be. To the issue of like the pretension of having the characters be, I guess, developed um, is just like again, it's one of those things where if they didn't. Hair, I mean, it would be 30 Rock, basically. I mean, yeah. 30 Rock, when it decided it wanted to care about Liz, is when 30 Rock started falling apart. But when it decided, oh, okay, well, I mean, the Liz and Jack relationships are core, we'll keep that intact. But for the most part, Liz is consumed by her job, and that's why she's A, lovable, and B, that's why the show is funny. Having her try and have a personal life doesn't work. Wanting to have a baby doesn't work. Wanting to get a better apartment doesn't work. So keep her obsessed with her life and the work, work rather, and all the crazy people involved in that, and that's where the humor is from. And I think the other problem is, is that even though Community has this idea of wanting its characters to be more than stock archetypes or whatever you want, term you want to use, is that they want those characters to be able to both develop and still be those stock characters when they need them. So you need to have the insecure leader type. You need Jeff, that jackass character with the heart of gold character. You need that character in to both grow, but also to have that character appear in cer- certain gen- genre parodies and see what happens. And it's having your cake and eating it, too, and it sometimes doesn't work. Mm. They need to think long and hard about why they even have Chang on the show. Like, what we kind of see with him this whole season is the actor hit it big with the hangover, mm-hmm. and they had him, so I think they decided yeah. to keep him. But they didn't know how to actually make it work with the other, the other members of the group. But yeah. the other thing, and it seemed like that was began to happen with Pierce, too. They just didn't know anymore what to do with him. And so they just took him to this kind of really obnoxious, you know, angle. But the other thing is, the note they left it on, you know, he says, you know, this group, I don't even know what this is anymore, or whatever. And there's this weird tension about, for some, somehow, it's either that the group is dysfunctional, therefore is dysfunctional for the people around it, or the group is a big clique, and they're all bullies, and they're problematic for everyone else around them. Those are two kind of things. It's, it's, there's that little bit of glee anxiety is how I'm reading it right now. About bullies and social pressures and all the... They seem to lean on that every once in a while, but I don't actually get that. I think it's there and they hint at it a little bit. Like, I mean, there's, those little to- there's that toss-away line during the Shirley's pregnancy where um Fat Neil and Vicky and Starburns mentioned the fact of how wonderful it was on campus when the yeah. group went away the fly fly fishing or boating thing 
that was mentioned in the clip show, how wonderful that was for them. Because the study group wasn't there in Greendale and everything worked. And I think that there's some really interesting comedy to be mined there from that perspective of the, the fact that no one else likes these people at all. And I don't think the show's willing to do that, though. I think that the show has demonstrated that the, the darker reaches of the character stuff that they could do, like having Shirley's baby be chains, it's not willing to commit to. It doesn't want to do, because at that point, you get, ham, you get hamstrung by the inability to do those genre parodies as well, because it becomes a narrative rupture as opposed to just one of one of those things that happens in the episode. Well, and they want to end on a happy note of some sort. Right. Yeah, it's pretty hard to come back from Shirley having to have a baby with Chang, who's a completely inappropriate parent on multiple levels, you know. Um, you maybe could work that for some sort of twisted comedy, but you're not going to be able to end on a sitcom smile. Yeah. And every so often... Community likes to end with heart. That's the, maybe that's the part that freaks me out the most. It has this weird, like, Parks and Rec heart aspect to it. And it also has all these other kind of crazy streams going through. And so I just think it's a little schizophrenic. Well, I think it's schizophrenia was less obvious in season one, where every episode ended with one of those sitcom heartwarming moments, yeah. normally delivered by Pearson back. And this this season, they just, they saw what they were able to do with Modern Warfare, and they just ratcheted it up a notch. So we notch. So we got a lot more of those type of heavy genre lean episodes. We got the Rankin Bass episode. We got the zombie episode. Um, and the reason why Modern Warfare works, and I'm going to drive this home as much as possible, is that the genre parody served a narrative and thematic purpose for those characters. And some, they haven't been as well this season, I think, at executing that sort of narrative purpose. Like, the, the whole surrounding idea of the Western and then the mishmash of war and Star Wars that they did for the second half, it didn't serve a purpose beyond just being there. And that's really problematic when there's not any heart to those genre parodies. Then they just become a postmodern shtick, and it gets a little tiresome after a little while. Even for someone who likes postmodern shtick as much as I do. It's just like, you clearly care about these people and you clearly have an idea of what you want these characters to do. Let them do it sometimes. Yeah. So, I mean, I leave the season. I'm not, not in any way going to, like, stop watching Community. But yeah. um, kind of a little bit like, well, I think I wish they would just kind of commit to a direction and yes. run with it. Right, and I feel really bad saying all this because I still really, really like Community, but I just seem to be saying all nothing but bad things about the program right now. And that was that was frustrating for me because it was just like, clearly I like this show enough to be able to be disappointed in it, but at the same time it's just like, I'm not, it, it hasn't gotten to the point where, where I'm like with How I Met Your Mother where I want to leave, and I know yeah. it's time for me to leave. Whereas... <laughs> With community, it's very much okay. I'm willing to stick around and see if they well, sort this out. You have to be willing to fail to ever really exceed, succeed in a big way. So, I mean, right. for, for everything else, community is not afraid to fail, and I, I actually admire no. that. They take chances all the time. Um, this brings us back to the Fox conversation at the beginning of the of the, of the, the podcast. 
that if you don't, you know, you might have to cancel, you, you know, almost every single one of your new shows, but at least you took chances with them, right? Right. And community, community I think, was, especially this season, renewing it for a third, I think community this season demonstrated the fact that it is kind of a risk-taking show in that it's something different every week. Yeah. And it's not an animated show where you can get away with being different every week and people expect that. It's a live-action series in which it's different every week. And it's not different every week in the same way that, you know, like Doctor Who's different every week in that it's a brand new adventure each week. It's something a little different, I think, that people don't necessarily expect. And I think that's one of the reasons why Community has such an ardent fan base is that it keeps people on its toes. I think that people who like Community would actually like Doctor Who. All right, so uh, what we have finales coming up these next couple weeks, I presume? Yep. I'll pack them. Uh, Chuck's tomorrow. Is How I Met Your Mother tomorrow? Yeah. Is it? Did you see those Chuck promos? It's like the NBC promo department didn't get the memo that there was a cliffhanger. Chuck promos for um, tomorrow's tomorrow's episode is nothing but, oh, it's Chuck and Sarah at the altar looking at each other's eyes and Morgan's performing the ceremony. Oh, really? Because I saw a different promo. I saw a promo where uh, Sarah was uh, in the hospital and Chuck's all like, I'm going to fix this. And, you know, and then Beckman's all like, are you going against the CIA? And Chuck's like, I'm going to do anything I can to save Sarah. Like, that that was the promo I saw. No, that's not the promo I saw. The promo I saw was all about the wedding. That's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, the show, the actual episode is called Chuck vs. the Cliffhanger. There you go. You better be hanging off a cliff, too. Like, it better be literal. Uh, still there too. Uh, yeah, I, I'm curious about how Sarah's not going to die because everybody else died from that from the weather machine. How is Sarah not going to die? I don't even want to think about it at this point. <laughs> like, how are they going to? Like, is she is uh is Vivian going to be pressing the trigger on the on the gun and be all like, you know what? Maybe she doesn't die. Maybe, maybe I just I just let go of the trigger a little bit. I, I'm not going to kill her like I said I was going to. Haha, <laughs> fooled you. Like, I don't know what they're going to do. How are they going to explain that away? I hope that they just don't even address it at all. That they just go to her having the nosebleed skipping through time. And, um, yeah, I hope that she gets a the nosebleed. They take her to the hospital and they don't even talk about the, uh, the uh, whatever, nonsense. Like, I don't want them to even discuss anymore. I don't want to hear any more about the Norsemen. I don't want to even think about the Norsemen existing. I just want them to, to whatever Chuck has to do in order to save uh, Sarah, blow up stuff, whatever. Um, I hear that uh, for people that have watched it that it's supposed to set up some really good stuff for season 5 god I hope so like that's all I can say I hope that Chuck is set up well for season 5 but then again I don't trust him either yeah <laughs> you're just going to be constantly disappointed Nicholas I, it's true I, I can't they can't win with me anymore like they'll make a good show and I'll be like but well, they're going to screw it up next week and then yeah. I'll make another good episode I'll be like they're going to screw it up next week and then they screw it up next week um, there's the How I Met Your Mother finale, there's the Office finale, of course, uh, there's the Good Wife finale, Ooh. which I saw a promo for the Good Wife finale, and I'm already kind of annoyed. Well, because of the Will stuff. Yeah. yeah. Making out in an elevator. It's going to ruin her divorce. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I am very cautious about this episode, it, which is really frustrating me, because I love the Good Wife. 
But this last run of episodes has made me very, very concerned. All right, guys. So, uh, any final thoughts before we go? No. Nope. Catch up on Doctor Who. Seriously, it's worth it. <laughs> so, from the Monsters of Television, we're going to say goodbye. Bye. See, uh, see you next week. Bye. <laughs>